TII, item 375, December 8th, 2015, iOS 9.2, watchOS 2.1, tvOS 9.1. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. Start your free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Phil for sending in the music here in the background. Phil wrote, Hi, Rob. This song called Slow Strut was all created with GarageBand on an iPhone and exported directly. No other software or hardware were used. This is not available for sale anywhere, just a hobby thing. Regards, Phil W. Well, thanks, Phil, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Dan for sending in the artwork for today's show. Dan wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Here is a pic from a Columbia River Steel head that I caught last summer. I used Photo Editor and my iPad Air to add the text and frame. Regards, Dan from Vancouver, Washington. Thanks, Dan, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Dan's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 375 or at Instagram.com slash iOS and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, Google glasses may look and seem absurd now, but Brian Solzi says they are a product that is going to set the stage for many other interesting products. For the moment, at least, the same cannot be said of iPhones or iPads, unquote. Jeff Mackey, Yahoo, Breakout, 27th February, 2013. Let's get this right. Google Glass is setting the stage for the future the iPhone and the iPad are not. Um, speaking of absurd, I think we just found it with your comments. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 374, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Brave and Little Adventure. If you are interested in this app or want more info, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 374. Sadly, no new promo codes this week. Bad marketer are you if you have a paid app and did not send in the promo codes. Same if you have a paid iBook as well. Hey, quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author up front. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Okay, wow, Apple saved my bacon on this episode. I mean, it was a really, really, really slow news week before Apple released iOS 9.2 and some other updates. Thank you, Apple. Yes, iOS 9.2 is available now. As always, if you don't like when things go wrong, wait until after episode 376 comes out to upgrade and you get to hear that way if there's any issues. Because by then, we will have more feedback on iOS 9.2. If you are the blow-ahead type of person, damn the torpedoes, full-speed-ahead type, well, then make sure you back up and sync prior to updating. But either way, let's go over what iOS 9.2 gets you, and by you, I mean some of you, as some new features are only for specific devices. First off, Apple highlighted the following. Apple Music Improvements for Making Playlists, Saving Songs Offline, and Browsing Classical Music. A new top story section in news so you can stay up to date with the most important news of the day, like the release of iOS 9.2 update. And Mail Drop in Mail for sending large attachments. Those are the three key points highlighted in the update on my iPhone 6 Plus and also in my 
um, MacBook Pro on the main page of settings showing the update. Once you start, then Apple takes you to the about page for the update containing many improvements and bug fixes. Some highlights of those include the following. And Apple Music now includes seeing which songs have been downloaded with the new download indicator next to each song in My Music and Playlists. New top stories in the News app is available in the US, UK, and Australia iBooks now supports 3D touch to peek and pop pages from the tables of content, your notes and bookmarks, and for each result inside a book. iBooks now supports listening to an audiobook while you browse your library. iPhone supports the USB camera adapter to import photos and videos. I really like that one. That's nice. Improved stability for Safari and improve stability for podcast app. But could it really have gotten any worse? Podcast app is still version 2.3, but the build number did increase slightly. On my iPhone 6 Plus, it went from 1075.33 to 1075.88. Let's see if this stops it from crashing right after subscribing to new podcasts, which the 1075.33 version did all the time. 9.2 brings fixes um, to issues that caused mail attachments to be inaccessible for some users with pop mail. 9.2 addresses an issue that could cause search and contacts to display no results. Saw that one. It fixed an issue where camera screen on iPad could be black when attempting to capture video. Heard of that from others. It fixed an issue that could prevent wallet updates and lock screen alerts from displaying. 9.2 addresses an issue where updating iOS could prevent an alarm from going off. Uh-oh, hope that's fixed. Don't want to miss the elf on the shelf tonight. 9.2 series support for Arabic. That's for Saudi Arabia and the UAE. There is AT&T number sync support. And with Safari, there is view controller improvements. These last three were talked about when we talked about the betas in the past few weeks. So for iOS 9.2, really nothing new with them, just confirmation that they made it to the gold master from when we talked about them on the beta side. And as with most single dot updates, there were accessibility improvements. And with iOS 9.2, the accessibility improvements include fixing issues with voiceover when using camera face detection. Adding support for voiceover to wake up the screen. Adding support for voiceover to invoke app switcher with 3D touch gesture. Fixing an issue with guided access when trying to end phone calls. Improved functionality for switch control users when using 3D touch. Fixing an issue with speech rate of speak screen. Plus there were a whole bunch of other fixes I did not mention. Just tried to go over the key ones that folks here have written in about or called in about in the past. So far, so good for me, but it's only been a few hours at the new version. Again, if you don't like when things go wrong, wait until episode 376 to hear if there are any issues. For those that do upgrade, let us know if there are any issues. 206-666-6364. 206-MoonDog or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know your experiences upgrading to iOS 9.2 or any of the other updates we're going to talk about here. And of course, in addition to 9.2 being released for the iOS devices, tvOS 9.1 was released for the Apple TV 4th gen. And the biggest update, big, big update, is the remote app works, sort of. First, make sure you have the remote app on your iOS device and open it and go to add a device and you'll get a four-digit code to enter. Then go to settings on your updated to 9.1 Apple TV. So make sure before all of this, you update it to 9.1. Go to remotes, you know, go to the settings app, then go to remotes and devices, and then select remote app. And then under parable devices, you should see your iOS app uh, or device that you had the um, remote app open on. Select it and enter the four-digit code, and it'll be paired to your Apple TV and you will be able to use it now to enter text in the search fields. You'll be able to use it to move through the different apps, but you will not, or at least I have not been able to use it to play any games. 
It did seem to work fine on YouTube and Netflix, but not with games. Still, it's working where you can enter text, and that is what was desperately needed. So big update there. If you have the Apple TV 4th Gen, update to 9.1, because it really brings it to what it should have been when it, when it launched. Finally, Watch OS 2.1 was released as well, and it brings more languages, such as Arabic, Bothan, Czech, Greek, Hebrew, Hungarian, Malay, Portuguese, and Vietnamese. Additionally, there is now support for right-to-left user interface and a new complication for Islamic and Hebrew calendars and Bugsman, squashing of Bugsman, lots of them. So busy, busy, busy day for Apple. On top of that, there was also an update to El Capitan 10.11.2, but I'm not going to go over that. Just safe to say, I can't remember a day when Apple did four major OS updates at once. So uh, big day. If you are in the Apple ecosystem, lots of updates. Again, if you don't like when things break, you need your work vitally for, you know, your phone vitally for work or your iOS device for work, hang back a little bit before updating. Um, if you do have the Apple TV, though, that one I would recommend you update to right away because, boy, it's a pain trying to enter text. Um, and now you can use the remote app on your iOS device to enter text on your Apple TV 4th gen. As I said, iOS 9.2 and the up other updates really broke up a slow news week. How slow was it, you ask? Well, to explain how slow of a news cycle this past week was, for the iOS world that is, the best way is to go with the title of what was going to be the first article if we hadn't had all those updates. And that was, quote, Apple sneaks a USB 3.0 compatible lightning port into the iPad Pro, unquote. So yes, the lead story was going to be about Apple making the iPad Pro's port compatible to USB 3. <sighs> I'm sorry, I had to wake up there. Um, seems the folks at iFixit found the USB 3.0 controller in there, and Apple has since confirmed that, yes, indeed, it is compatible to USB 3.0. Right now, there is not a Lightning to US 3.0 cable available from Apple. Right now, that is. But at some point in the near future, there should be. FYI, USB 3.0 allows for data transfer rates up to 5 gigabits per second, theoretical, versus just 480 megabits per second for USB 2. So it's about 10 times faster. I am sure we will have follow-up on this in the future, especially when and if Apple releases that USB 3.0 to Lightning cable. But as was pointed out in a couple of the articles about this, where this all comes into play um, is when you're trying to transfer 4K video files or other large media files. So that's really where the 3.0, USB 3.0 compatibility is nice. Continuing with the slow Newsweek theme, we have this next one titled, Apple made to pay $1,800 after data loss during iPhone repair. Essentially, a 68-year-old gentleman named Mr. White brought in his iPhone 5 to have it worked on. This is at an Apple store. And during the process of working on it, the Apple employee wiped it out, deleting his honeymoon photos and, quote, 15 years worth of contacts, unquote. Clearly, Mr. White was also a time traveler, which explains how he picked up the 12 extra years of contacts. Mr. White, I would like to introduce you to Mr. Backup. Mr. Backup is not new to these parts. Actually, he goes back to iOS 1.0. Now, if you don't have a computer, there is iCloud. But you should be and need to be backing up your photos to your computer or iCloud on a regular basis and definitely 100% need to do it before you bring it anywhere to be repaired. What were you thinking? Mr. White did initially ask for over $8,000, but then said he would settle for about $1,500. But Apple said, no way. And then the court said, yep, you should have settled. Now pay $1,800 plus another thousand for court costs. Have a nice day. What does this mean for you and I, essentially? Apple will be getting you to sign a waiver, most likely, when you bring in an iOS device for repair, stating that you understand the device could get wiped out and you have um, confirmed that you have it backed up. So I imagine out of this is just going to come some more rules and regulations on the Apple support side. Obviously, something Mr. White should have done on the backing up before he brought it in. Once again, the court's showing that ignorance is bliss and often rewarded. Apple did have a little press release from last week. Let me read it. Quote, Apple today announced that its Swift programming language is now open source. 
as an open source language, the broad community of talented developers from app developers to educational institutions to enterprises can contribute to the new Swift features and optimizations and help bring Swift to new computing platforms. Introduced in 2014, Swift is the fastest growing programming language in history and combines the performance and efficiency of compiled languages with the simplicity and interactivity of popular scripting languages. Apple today also launched the Swift.org website with detailed information about Swift open source, including technical documentation, community resources, and links to download the Swift source code. By making Swift open source, the entire developer community can contribute to the programming language and help bring it to even more platforms, said Craig Frederici, Apple's Senior Vice President of Software Engineering. Swift's power and ease of use will inspire a new generation to get into coding, and with today's announcement, they'll be able to take their ideas anywhere, from mobile devices to the cloud, unquote, unquote. Why is this good news? Well, simply, Apple said they were going to do this, and they just did it, and making Swift open source, and thus making sure it can be maintained and supported by the community, this gives the developers confidence to go all in with Swift, and that Apple can't just kill it if they wanted to now. Overall, I'm hearing and reading very positive press about this step. So kudos, Apple, on doing this. And hopefully this will make more people and more developers interested in working with Swift. This next one is from Dr. John. And it talks about the iOS 9 adoption rate, where it's at now. And that is 70% based on App Store usage numbers. iOS 8 is at 22%. And everything earlier is at 8%. So you have iOS 9 at 70% adoption rate. For curiosity's sake, I took a look at Android Marshmallow. That was released right around the same time as iOS 9 was, well, about two weeks after, but pretty close. As of December 1st, it had a 0.3 adoption rate. 70% iOS 9, 0.3 Marshmallow. Hmm, one is better than the other. Heck, Lollipop, which was released more than a year ago, is only at 25.6%. Which one do you want to develop for? Just saying. So you have the Apple TV 4th Gen, the iPad Pro, the iPad Air, the iPad Mini. All devices enjoyed from your bed. Add in Netflix and Amazon Prime, well, at least on the iPads. Well, that one-third of your life in bed goes to about two-fifths. And if you're going to be spending more time in bed, would it not make sense to get the best bed possible? And that is what today's sponsor, Casper, offers up. The best bed at a great price. Or as they say, an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. With Casper, you get a 100-day risk-free trial period. You don't like it, you get your money back. And they come and pick it up and pack it up and donate it to charity. That said, the mattress they sent was great and definitely was never going to go back. Casper mattresses are a mix of latex foam and memory foam. No noisy springs to wake up your kid or significant other when you get up to sneak out to take <laughs> that elf on the shelf reminder um, that you have set for 10.15 p.m. Shh, don't tell the kids, but you know you got to get up and you got to do that this time of year. Anyway, this allows you to get up out of bed and not wake anyone up when you're doing that. But just as important as quality is pricing, and the pricing is really great. Twin mattresses are just $500. They also have Twin XL for $600, Full Size for $750, Queen for $850, and King and Cow King for $950. That's much, much less than my iPad Pro setup. And as I said, you have 100 days to return it risk-free. And if you go to casper.com TII and use promo code TII, you will save $50 off those prices. Terms and conditions apply. This is an American-made mattress with delivery right now for the U.S. and Canada only, and it is free delivery. And when said mattress is delivered, it is from UPS in a squarish box that you think, no way is there a mattress in there, but yes way, it is. And you get a cool little tool to cut open the package, and the mattress opens up and expands to form. It's really cool. I mean, just go and Google Casper Mattress Unboxing. With all the Apple devices working so well in bed, you know you're going to spend more than a third of your life in there now. Is it not worth getting the best night's sleep possible and the most rest and most comfort possible? And that's what you'll get with Casper or what your kids will get depending on who you get the mattress for. Again, 
To save $50 off the prices I mentioned, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress for my son and for sponsoring this show. Hi, Rob. This is Kurt from the vast wasteland between Lancaster and Reading, Pennsylvania. I believe I have an idea regarding uh, the reports of iOS 9 glitchiness and, and stuttering, screen stuttering. I've noticed the same thing from time to time on my devices, and I've got everything from A5 processors to A8X processor devices. I believe it has something to do with the amount of CPU cycles that are taken up by the automatic downloading of app updates. I have seen these sorts of effects, and every time I check, there are apps downloading in the background where I see the glitchiness. Keep up the good work, Rob, and there's nothing wrong with being a fanboy who's concerned with the stock portfolio. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Kurt again from Pennsylvania. I feel I need to explain my previous comment about the vast wasteland. I'm talking about a digital wasteland. Uh, You must understand this is the heart of Pennsylvania Amish country, and the cause of many of our difficulties in mobile computing is a amount of digital bandwidth that is somewhere between rare and non-existent. I myself live where there are no options for hard-wired internet. No DSL, no cable, no Fios, no anything. The only thing I have is mobile. That's the, the facts of the matter where I live. Just thought I needed to explain that to you. Again, keep up the good work. Kurt, thanks for that feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I recommend purchasing the strap for the remote for the Apple TV 4th Gen. It helps in figuring out the correct orientation. Regards, Bob A. I think I'm going to have to do that, Bob, next time I'm in the Apple store. Hello, Rob. I am a voiceover user, and I hope this is the right place to post this. Does anyone know how to delete all the emails in the Outlook app all at once? Thanks, Maria Reyes. And from Lawrence McFarlane, quote, If you are using your iPhone's mail app, open the inbox, click on edit in the upper right corner, then on the lower right corner, click on trash all, and unquote. And that will do it for you, Maria. I hope that helped. I hope Lawrence's advice was what you were looking for. Hey, Rob, this is Mudside Matt S. from uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Longtime listener, sometimes contributor. I just wanted to remind folks, I manage a small-town library in North Carolina, and I just want to encourage people to to get the most out of their iOS devices by using the free content available to them from their local libraries. Most, if not the vast majority of public libraries these days offer free ebook checkout, downloadable audiobooks, downloadable magazines in full-color complete with ads. Some are experimenting with Netflix-like services for streaming video. There are language learning tools available online, some app-based and some uh, PC-based. A lot of business people in your audience may be familiar with the product Reference USA, which is a vast marketing database that is very, very, very expensive for large platform users, it, it easily costs over a million dollars for a yearly subscription. And it's company-based as well as individuals. You can drill down for companies that you might market to and to collaborate with other companies that do similar things. And uh, one of the best things that a lot of libraries have is Learning Express Library, which is an online learning platform that lets people tr- practice for all kinds of standardized tests including school tests like SAT, PSAT, the GRE, GMAT, things like that, but also professional tests in firefighting, cosmetology, nursing assistants, foreign languages. And also, too, there are the language learning products that are available for a lot of libraries. For example, my library has one through the state library that offers 80 different languages, including five dialects of Chinese. And many of these products are app-based, not all, but you can either get to them through your your Mac, uh, your PC, or in many cases, your iOS device. 
So there's tons of free stuff out there. Folks would just take advantage of it. And all you need is a library card. And thanks again for all you do and have a great day. Matt, thanks so much for that advice and those tips. And folks, yep, get to your local library and take advantage of some of that stuff. Bring your iOS device with you and get your library card. Well, folks, we are now over 2,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Stephen Williams, who posted the following, quote, help, I am now unable to download podcasts in the podcast app. The download circle appears and goes through its cycle, but the result leaves me with a podcast not downloaded. It isn't just one podcast this is happening with, unquote. It wound up that a hard reset fixed the issue, but I've seen this from others and doing the force quit all apps and reset network settings seems to fix the issue for any that reported the issue. The podcast app sometimes gets stuck, it seems, and it needs a swift kick in the pants to get it unstuck with regards to downloads. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TI Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go today to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Also from Google Plus community was this post from Sal Lowry. Quote, if you are a Chrome app user, there is an awesome feature that's now made possible thanks to Apple's new 3D Touch. So as you know, with 3D Touch and the home screen, you can 3D Touch on an app icon and you will get a list of options you can choose or you'll get a haptic feedback telling you there's no built-in feature for 3D Touch in that app currently. Well, Google just updated their Chrome app with three new goodies. These goodies being new tab, new incognito tab, and voice search. Well, the voice search tab gives you a streamed streamlined option to use OK Google, kind of like how you say use Siri. How does it work? Well, a force touch on the Chrome app, and then you choose the voice search feature, then speak your mind. Ask questions, driving directions, game show questions, and more. In most instances, you will get voice feedback, just like when you ask Siri a question. Watch out, Siri might get jealous. What's the real benefit here? a modified OK Google on your iPhone. Check it out and tell me what you think about it here in the post. And speaking of 3D Touch, iPhonehacks.com had a nice article titled 22 3D Touch Tips and Tricks. So if you're an iPhone 6S or 6S Plus, this is a good article to look over. Some of the items covered include use 3D Touch to view live photos, use 3D Touch with the app switcher, quickly take photo or selfie, Easily save an image from a web page, preview a video in an image in a message, and my favorite, read an email without opening it, plus 16 others. Just look for the link in the show notes titled Top 22 3D Touch Tips. Apple quietly released a new iPhone 6S and 6 battery pack case, and by quietly that means there was no press release, and by 6S and 6 we mean just the 6S and 6. It was not one for the 6 Plus and 6S Plus. Guess Apple figures the battery life is already fine for the 6 Plus and 6S Plus. Per the pricing for the new, quote, iPhone 6S smart battery case, unquote, it is $99. It comes in white or black, or white or black, because that's just your only options. The top seems to be flexible, and you fold it back and slip your iPhone into it, and then fold the, the top back over to secure your iPhone. It does appear to have a lightning port on the bottom. Apple claims it gives you up to 25 hours of increased talk time, 18 hours more of internet use on LTE, and up to 20 hours more video playback. Apple also says in the description that the charge of the case is shown in the notification center and on the lock screen. And it's probably where the smart comes from. Availability starts December 10th at stores and December 11th at your door. Hey, looking to buy someone you love a Christmas gift with an Apple logo on it? And they have an iPhone 6 or 6S? Then this might be the gift that you were looking for, or they were looking for. 
Mophie, the original supplier of battery cases for the iPhone and longtime Apple partner, yeah, for them, not the best Christmas present. Actually, found this clip of a conversation between Apple and Mophie with regards to this. That was never a condition of our agreement. No, I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. No, this deal is getting worse all the time. Or at least I'm imagining that's how the conversation went. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. This one's kind of seems strange, but I thought it would be worth sharing as it says it's going to help your iOS device. Regards, Simon Reedman, Nottingham, England. And yeah, this advice definitely was making the rounds this past week. Uh, and it was about flashing or clearing out the RAM. And I did it and I did not see any improvement doing it. But here goes. The basic line is you can quickly reset the RAM on your iOS device. And to do so, one, unlock your device. Two, press and hold the power button. Three, when you see the slide to power off, release the power button. Four, press and hold the home button. When it bumps you back to the home screen, release, and you're done. At that point, the RAM should be reset. Some people claim it helps. Most I have read say they did not see any change. To forgive and forget the basis of any solid relationship. I mean, ideally, there would be nothing to forgive nor forget. But in reality, there's always something. For example, take Apple Maps back in the fall of 2012. Well, it seems we have moved on to a new phase in our relationship with iOS and forgiven and forgotten as Apple Maps is now used more widely than Google Maps on the iPhone. This, according to an Associated Press report, actually Apple is saying it is used now more than three times more often than the next closest competitor on the iPhone and iPad, and we would assume the next closest competitor would be Google Maps. I have to admit, I can't remember the last time I used a mapping app on my iOS device that was not Apple's. It is just easier, and with Apple Watch integration, it is just better overall experience, especially when driving. Obviously, Apple Maps being native and what is brought up by Siri is why most users are using it after all. Apple Maps does not even need to be better than Google Maps. It just needs to be good enough to keep the majority of folks looking for, uh, from looking for a third-party app, which definitely wasn't the case back in 2012. Just like with the podcast app, it just needs to be good enough. And despite what many say, it is that. As on the mobile side, it completely dominates on iOS. Everything else combined and doubled and doubled again does not add up to the podcast app on iOS. So again, when you talk about the podcast app, it just totally trounces the competition. So really not shocking news that Apple Maps app and iOS users have made up and moved past their issues from 2012. Actually, some late-breaking news here. Mozilla launches a content blocker for Safari for iOS 9. It is called Focus by Firefox, and it is free, as in zip, nada, no cost to you. And it is based on the disconnect block list. But unlike some other content blockers that just block ads, this one blocks ads, analytics, and social media trackers, the stuff that bloat and slow down your surfing experience. From Mozilla, per web users, quote, too many users today have lost trust and lack meaningful controls over their digital lives, unquote. To see how well this works, first, if you have a content blocker already installed, go to settings, then Safari, and then content blocker and turn that off. Next, in Safari, go to imore.com and wait the 10 to 15 seconds for the page to load. And then try scrolling down and see all the pop-up overs and other items that come in. Then, go to another site and then force quit Safari. Next, go to the App Store and the App Store app on your iOS device and search for Focus by Firefox. That's F-O-C-U-S, so normal spelling, Focus by Firefox. Find it and install it. Again, it's free. I like free. Then open it up. Then launch settings. Again, go to Safari and content blockers and then turn on focus. Then launch Safari. Go to imore.com and watch it load in less than a second. It really did a great job of speeding up the load time of imore and other sites bloated with tracking and intrusive ads and scripts. 
again, don't mean to pick on Imore, but it really is one of the worst defenders out there, so it's it's a great test case. Sorry, Renee, it is what it is. But luckily, Focus is here and helps bring Focus back to your browsing experience. And playing around with it today and yesterday, I was pretty impressed. I'll be playing with it more with and again with it this weekend and see if I can find any gotchas. But so far, so good, and, and I'm liking it. And I'm going to put focus on all of my iOS devices and going forward and see how well it works. But really is nice, and it's free. We are now starting to get into, I guess, what can best be described as spaghetti rumor season. That is where people start throwing a whole bunch of rumors up against the wall and they see what sticks. One of those that seems to have stuck this past week is from Ming-Chi Guo, who is saying in early 2016, there will be a new iPhone, an iPhone 6C, essentially, which will be a four inch iPhone with an A9 processor and Apple Pay. It will come in multiple colors, but this will be a metal back, not plastic. Ming is saying, you pitiful fool, my life is not for any earthling to give or take. Oh wait, wait wrong Ming, sorry. Ming-Chi is saying that Early launch would be in March, April timeframe, and would help offset what would be traditionally slowing iPhone sales cycle. This, of course, makes sense when you realize there has not been a truly new 4-inch iPhone since the iPhone 5S came out. So a lot of people with 4-inchers like my wife that don't want something bigger than 4 inches, well, that sounds all kind of wrong. Anyway, there are those people that like the smaller iPhones and have not upgraded, and Apple has not addressed that part of their market. And they are sitting there over their two-year upgrade window now and could upgrade on the cheap right now. So yes, I can see why this one is sticking. It makes sense, which is the heart of any good rumor. One thing Ming-Chi does not expect is forced touch on the iPhone 6C. So really, it would be kind of a hybrid spec you know, hybrid spec-wise, between the 6S and the 6, but the size of the 5S, and in a new case design. But you'd have the camera from the iPhone 6, not the 6S. Again, a mix of some iPhone 6 specs and some 6S specs, the A9 processor, but no force touch. It will be interesting to see when some leaked photos emerge, because for something that is just four to five months away, photos should be hitting the wire in three to... Out of China is a rumor that Apple is experimenting testing at least five different configurations of the iPhone 7, each one with its own unique hardware characteristics, which does not sound all that unbelievable. Would not be surprised if they were testing many times that number of configurations. Reportedly, some of the tech in some of the prototypes includes USB Type-C connectors. There is also wireless charging tech, multi-force touch, dual cameras, fingerprint recognition built into the screen, which I would assume means no home button. There is also rumors of an AMOLED screen in for one version plus a partridge in a pear tree. Of course, the rumors send ends with they don't know which techs, specs, and options Apple is actually going to go with. So really, this rumor could have been summed up with Apple is trying things and no decision has been made, but hey, the iPhone 7 is coming. Think? One other rumor about the iPhone 7 possible specs is the iPhone could dry itself. No, not reach over after it gets out of the shower and actually pick a towel for itself rather than yelling, I'm cold, I'm cold, forcing you to run down the hall because you don't know what it's screaming about and get the towel for the iPhone that it could have gotten on its own if it just reached over and grabbed it. And by iPhone, I'm not talking about a spoiled child with a strong will or anything like that. No, what we're talking about here is a rumor based on a patent Apple submitted. Essentially, it would pump the water out of the iPhone via the speaker. Kind of a spitting rumor, or I guess we'd call this the spitting patent. From the patent, quote, The embodiments described herein are directed to an acoustic module that is configured to remove all or a portion of a liquid that is accumulated within a cavity of the acoustic modules, unquote. But as you know, if you've listened for a while, a patent from Apple does not usually lead to actual real-world application if said patent becomes public and that feature is not already in place. The chances are slim of it ever being used in that case, at least, again, when you look at past history. I'm not going to talk about the ditching of the headphone jack on this episode, 
as one of the iPhone 7 rumors because we talked about it on the last episode, 374. So you can go back and listen to it around the 25-minute mark to get my thoughts on the iPhone without a headphone jack. Speaking of the iPhone 7, one of the worst articles I read this past week was titled, iPhone 7, should you buy the iPhone 6S this Christmas or wait for the iPhone 7? Uh, really? It's just December. That is not a question you ask yet. Talk to me the end of July time frame, then maybe you hold off. But not now. If you need a new iPhone, get it now. Don't wait until the end of September for the iPhone 7. That's silly. From the email bag. Hi, Rob. I hope they kiss Sammy goodbye, Dr. John M. Well, thanks, Dr. John. And he sent along a link for this next one, which is per an article from Apple Insider titled, TSMC may assume full control of the A10 chip manufacturing for the iPhone 7 in 2016. Estimates, according to the article, is currently Sammy's making about 60 to 70% of the A9 chips, with TSMC making the rest. The A8 chip were mostly made by TSMC. The article does state that a teardown of the A9X processor, the current top-of-the-line chip using the iPad Pro, that TSMC may be the sole supplier of said chip. TSMC has some new tech coming online that would make the chip smaller and lighter. It's called Info, and it stands for Integrated Fan Out, and it allows chips to be stacked on top of each other and mounted directly to the circuit board instead of onto a substrate. Because yes, being the first customer of a brand new technology where you will need to ship 80 million units in the first three months, yeah, nothing could possibly go wrong. Yep, get rid of your second source, put all your eggs in that untested basket, then cross your fingers, rub your rosary beads, or rub whatever you rub for luck, because you're going to need it. Sorry, just seems to me if TSMC is going to roll out their tech first for Apple, which it says would be the case, they would want to test run it for one of the Apple product lines ahead of time. One, they cannot take a hit on that. I mean, if they were to, if, if they couldn't ship and Apple couldn't ship iPhones, imagine what would happen to the stock in that case. So call me a little skeptical on this report. Yes, it would be nice to see Sammy kicked to the curb, but then it would also be nice not to have to wait 16 weeks from launch to get the new iPhone because of chip shortages. Just saying. I mentioned it was spaghetti rumor time, right? So hey, let's throw one more against the wall. And this one comes from 9to5Mac, and it is that Apple is planning a March event for the Apple Watch 2, and possibly also the 4-inch iPhone 6C that we just talked about, because good rumors pull in other rumors. This rumor of the Apple event comes from sources with knowledge of the plans. I love sources with knowledge of plans. He's a good guy. Or woman. Said sources then said Apple would start shipping the Apple Watch 2 in April. The 9to5Mac piece stated that Apple has been working on a new camera, improved wireless, sleep tracking, and health sensor tech additions upgrades for the Apple Watch, but it's not clear which of these would make it to the Apple Watch 2. Hmm, seems to be the spaghetti here is not sticking as well as the other rumors. Anyway, we are now firmly moving squarely from the new news part of the year to the wild off-the-wall rumor part of the year, but as always, rumors... I find that go back to digit times in any way, shape, or form, will not see the light of day on this show. This episode is brought to you by Lynda, the online learning platform with over 3,300 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Lynda is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com slash TII and feed your curious mind. Some of the courses I think many of you will benefit from that came out recently are Programming for Non-Programmers, iOS 9, and Swift with Todd Perkins. This is a two-hour, 24-minute course. There's Managing Text with iOS 9 Text Kit with Bill Weinman and distributing iOS applications through the App Store with John Nastos, which are for devs or for those looking to be devs, which, hey, would that not make a great New Year's resolution? Learn to develop, and you can start early. 
With Lynda membership, you can download tutorials and watch them on the go, including access on your iOS device, stream over 3,300 video courses on demand, and learn on your own schedule, watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces. Your Lynda membership will give you unlimited access to training and hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new like programming, I want you to visit lynda.com slash TII, sign up for your free 10-day trial, and get a jump on your New Year's resolution. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Hi, Rob. This is Luis. We're probably going to be talking about the rumors on the next podcast about Apple removing the earpod jacket from the next iPhone and going on a lightning only. I'd like to share some thoughts on, some thoughts on that. Well, to me, I think uh, it would be really interesting if they uh, could implement some new technology on that. And uh, what I mean uh, would be very nice if we could uh, have two options to charge it. Would be the lightning port plus uh, wireless charging. If we had that, would be very nice. So wouldn't be a problem anymore to listen to music and uh, charge at the same time. Also, uh, the other technology that I would like to see on iPhone is the one that we talked about uh, before launching uh, the watch, which is uh, recharging via Wi-Fi. Use some uh, of the Wi-Fi power network to recharge the device. It would be really nice if uh, you could have that thing on an iPhone. I don't mean I don't think it would be possible to recharge the iPhone using the Wi-Fi network, but uh, it would be a way to go just to give a boost on the how long the battery would last. So as long as you're connected to Wi-Fi, which uh, most of us are doing the whole day, it would be very interesting to use that just to boost the battery life. So those uh, three technology would be very interesting, and uh, somehow they would be linked together on uh, removing the, the phone jack from the, from the iPhone uh, 7. Now I kind of lost count already, yeah, iPhone 7. So those three technologies would be very interesting to see implemented on the next iPhone. So wireless charging along with the lightning as well, plus the Wi-Fi. I don't know how they're going to call it. I know they are studying that thing. It would be very interesting to see it initially implemented on iPhone just to give a boost and a better life. I'd like you to share your thoughts as well. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for the show. Hi, Luis. Thanks for the feedback. Again, on episode 374, around the 25-minute mark, I go over my thoughts of an iPhone without a headphone jack. You can go back and you can listen there. But I do appreciate your comments. And folks, if you have some thoughts, what are your thoughts about an iPhone without a headphone jack? Would you like it? Would you not like it? Again, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next episode but uh, this isn't a new rumor as i said on episode 374 this is an older rumor and it goes back quite some time some news from the kickstarter project snaps which is one of the ones i funded quote we are sorry we have some bad news to announce during the stress test we discovered a key failure in snaps in addition we found one more minor problem with our first batch of snaps we have spent the past few days to confirm our initial findings and have found solutions to ensure that we can still ship snaps to everyone. However, the delivery date will be delayed for 50 to 60 days. Please read the rest of the update for a full explanation, unquote. So in a nutshell, units failed reliability and stress testing, and they need to build a new batch. And it will not, well, it's now going to be, it's not going to be this year. It's now likely going to be sometime around March before we see them. Not shocking for a Kickstarter project. Still looking forward to getting that. And speaking of Kickstarter projects, I did get in this weekend my watch band from the folks that um, also make the Pearl for my Apple Watch. I haven't taken it out of the case yet and put it on my um, Apple Watch, but that's something to do after the show goes live. So excited to get that stainless steel watch band. Hi, Rob. This is Andy from Queen Creek, Arizona. I'm having an issue with trying to get Siri to work on the lock screen. When I uh, press and hold the button, nothing happens. I go into settings, Siri, and turn on the toggle for uh, allow Siri on the lock screen. It looks like it, it took the settings. I exit out and I exit, go back in, and that setting's back to uh, disabled. So I can't get it to stay uh, in the lock position. So hopefully somebody can help me. Thanks. Bye. Andy, sorry to hear of your issues. 
I'm sure you've already tried doing a full reset and reset network settings. So if you've already done that and you're still having the issue, if anyone else out there knows of a solution, if you've had this problem and you solved it, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. This is probably going to be useful for those road warriors or conference-going folks. Once I figure out how big it is, I might order one. Maybe on the podcast you could try and mention the dimensions or how big it looks on people wearing it in the pictures. Regards, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. And, and Chelsea's talking about the MOS pack, MOS pack, M-O-S space pack. And it's 18 inches by 12 inches by 5 inches. To put that in perspective, my absolute favorite backpack laptop bag is the Drifter from STM. And that one I have, and it's 18.5 inches by 12.2 inches by 7.5 inches. That might not sound like much of a difference, but that is 1,080 cubic inches for the Moss Pack versus 1,693 cubic inches for the STM bag. An increase of 57% for the STM bag versus the Moss Pack bag. That is quite a big difference when trying to get stuff into the bag. And STM already has something similar to the Moss Pack. It's called the Drifter Energy 15-inch laptop bag, which has the same charging core. It has some charging cords internal, not exactly the same as the Moss one. And it's also 18.5 by 12.2 by 7.5. So it's the same as the Drifter regular. I, I guess I could explain the Moss Pack a little better, or at least <laughs> read the description. Quote, power your life wherever you are. The Moss Pack transforms the humble backpack into a portable charging station for all your devices. The Moss Pack features a built-in charging station and internal cable management, so you can charge everything you have uh, without taking it all out of your backpack, unquote. Pricing-wise, the Moss Pack is currently $99 on Kickstarter with just a few uh, left at that price, and then it goes to $129 for the next tier versus the $120 you can go and find the Drifter series for online. And you can get that right now for Christmas, whereas the Moss Pack won't be until February, best case scenario. Um, per the Moss Pack, they had a goal of 15K and have raised over 50K, so they're funded. You have until January 4th, 2016 at 12.32 p.m. Central Time to fund this if you want it. Um, search for Moss Pack, that's M-O-S space Pack at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 375. And then I'll also have links to the STM bags that I mentioned. And for full and fair disclosure, STM has never sponsored the show. They just have supplied me with backpacks and cases to test over time, as have others. I just happen to like the STMs the best. They seem to have the best quality that I've come across. That's my favorite laptop bag is STM, and my favorite backpack laptop bag is STM. A while ago, I talked about the HydroDock, which is a Kickstarter, or was a Kickstarter project for a dock for the MacBook 2015 the one with just the single USB-C port. At the time, I had a question on it if it would work with 30-inch cinema display, and they were not sure or did not think so. So they just went and bought a 30-inch cinema display finally and did some testing, and it actually does work with the 30-inch cinema display. So any podcasters looking to have a fanless computer and still use a 30-inch cinema display, yes, you can get that to work out. You can pre-order the HydroDock right now for $170 with it shipping in January. I contacted them yesterday and they confirmed they had about 50 units still available for pre-order. Since this is for my wife's MacBook and it's shipping the end of January, do you think I can wrap it up as a Valentine's Day present? Guess I would probably also have to get her extra strength Excedrin because those types of gifts tend to bring on headaches around Valentine's Day. Or at least it seems to work that way in the past. A rumor from long ago is finally coming to be. That rumor was that Apple Match and Apple Music Library matching limits, which were at 25000 would be raised. And Eddie Q at Apple has confirmed that, yes, indeed, the limits have been raised to 100,000 tracks. Or at least Apple's rolling that out, and it's being updated to users on a rolling basis. So if you're not there yet, you will be shortly. Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Whizbeach, Cambridgeshire. Still having problems with Siri, I'm afraid to say. However, I've come up with an idea. Why can, not, why can there not be a setting so that you can search using Siri only in your native country? For example, I don't care where your hot dog stand is in New York. 
Um, I've recently, you know, been trying hard, and I mean really hard, to get Siri to play with me. Oh, Jesus, that doesn't sound right. To understand me. That sounds a lot better. And uh, it's bringing me up locations in America. I'm having all sorts of problems. I mean, you know, your previous podcast, 367, something about a man in a tower wearing trousers. And people were saying, how do we get some feedback back to Apple? Well, I think it's really important we we do that. So I'm going to write a letter to Tim. He ain't never going to read that letter, but hopefully someone will. And just say, look, make Siri specific to the country you live in. It's so simple. And I encourage other people to do the same. If you travel, then you can have an option in settings to open Siri to the local demographic or whatever. But I think that's a great idea. I'm going to cut it short at 1 minute 18 with the shortest message I've ever sent you. All right. As always, have a nice day. Daniel, thanks for the voicemail message. Now, what you want to do is go into the settings app and go to settings and go to privacy and then go to location services and then scroll down and see what you have Siri and dictation set to. And if it says never, change that to while using. Siri should be looking at your location to give you results based on your location. You may have that turned to never, in which case Siri doesn't know where you are and it's just going to give you generic results. But if you do have it set to while using, um, um, then you should get the results based on where you're located. From the Google Plus community, Brian Fitz asked the following, what is the thing you would like Apple Watch to do that it currently does not do? Responses were from Gerd W. Quote, I would like more apps for the Apple Watch. I'm waiting for the WhatsApp app, unquote. From Francisco Tapia, quote, I would like longer battery life and automatic sleep mode detection, unquote. From Bill Jordan, quote, I would like it to alert me when I walk away from my iPhone, unquote. From Nick Brown, quote, remote for Apple TV 4, unquote. From me, I would like for the speaker to play music and podcasts, and I would like custom watch faces. So folks, what are some of the things that you want the Apple Watch to do that it does not do now that we're upgraded to iOS 2.1? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or email us at todayinios at gmail.com. Hey Rob, this is Dave in San Jose. I have a Kickstarter uh, Pebble watch that was bricked by their recent firmware 2.91 update. Um, basically, the watch goes into recovery mode loop, and um, I update the firmware. It works for a little bit, and then it stops. And eventually, it stopped taking the firmware update altogether and is just in recovery loop mode all the time. I tried following the uh, instructions on Pebble's support site for their iOS recovery mode loop, and it did not work. I'm currently going back and forth with their support. Their support sent me uh, one set of instructions that said to clear all my notifications on my phone, restart the phone, and then try pairing, but the Pebble won't even pair with the uh, Pebble app on the phone anymore. Um, it just says Bluetooth connection was lost. So, at any rate, I just wanted to warn you and your listeners, if you have the original Kickstarter Pebble, to uh, beware the 2.91 update. Uh, It took Pebble a long time to respond to my support request with an apology in between that informed me they had a huge backlog of support requests. And they were having, so they were having trouble getting to my request. So I suspect that 2.91 caused a lot of problems for a lot of pebbles out there. At any rate, that's the situation and I'll uh, send another message when and if it improves. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Bye. Dave, sorry to hear of your issues. And when you do have any update, please let us know. For jailbreakers out there, there is a tweak that allows you to set up trackpad mode on your iPhone 6 or 6 Plus or 5S or non-6S and 6 Plus. And that really is the only place right now it is officially supported. But now the older iPhones can get this option. The tweak is called Modus, M-O-T-U-S. First, you need to add the Createx beta repo. That's C-R-E-A-T-I-X's beta repo to Cydia. It is found at repo.ios 
C-R-E-A-T-I-X.com. Once the repo is installed, download the tweak called Modus, M-O-T-U-S. Once the tweak is installed, a swipe on the keyboard will enable trackpad mode. The tweak is free and there are no options and no settings. So once installed, it starts working right away. Link in the show notes for more info. And this tweak does turn on the trackpad, the official trackpad from Apple. So this is not one where they're creating their own keyboard and trackpad. There's another app in the in the um, jailbreak side that already does that. This is one that has a tweak that turns on trackpad mode, the official trackpad mode that's already in iOS 9. Borders offering up a free upgrade to their sync software. This is for over 5 million vehicles. And what this update will do is make Siri eyes free available, which means drivers can activate Siri with a long press of the voice recognition button on the steering wheel. And then drivers can ask Siri things drivers ask Siri, such as make a phone call or look up a phone number or for a restaurant or find out about the weather because, you know, it's hard to see outside the car window. Select and play music, uh, dictate and send text messages and read a text message, and of course, get directions from Apple Maps. This is not just for new cars. This update is good for cars going back to 2011 and that have the Ford Sync software already. Again, it's about 5 million vehicles. This download is available via owner.ford.com, and if you're one of those vehicles, you probably know what to do already. Hi, Rob. This is Ron from Foster City. I'm hoping there's some users out there that can help me with a question that I have about the Apple Watch. I understand it does not have a GPS radio in it. However, when I have my phone turned off and I'm driving down the road, if I open the app for the maps on my watch, the blue dot follows me. Sometimes it goes away, and then I get a message that says it's not connected to my iPhone click dismiss, and then the blue dot returns, and yet still tracking where I'm going down the freeway. So I'm wondering how this is possible without uh, GPS in, in the watch. This has really confused me and not been able to find anything online about it, but I just, you know, unless it's using some kind of Wi-Fi while driving down the freeway, don't even know how that would work, but seems to have GPS in it. Uh, just thought maybe somebody else knows. Appreciate your show. Thanks. Hi, Ron. Thanks for the feedback. Now, it is just talking to your your phone. Uh, even though your phone may be, quote unquote, shut down where the screen's turned off, it's not actually turned off. If you want to see it really not work, put your phone into airplane mode and you will see the blue dot go away and not work. So what's happening, it is communicating with your iPhone, even though the iPhone front of it is shut down. There's still communication going back and forth between the devices, and it's a GPS on your phone that is transmitting the, the location to your watch. So your, your watch and your phone are paired. Again, if you want to see it not be paired and you want to see that for sure, just put your uh, iPhone into airplane mode and you will see that GPS blue that dot will go away and won't track anymore. What is Blade Runner about? It's about intelligent assistants wanting to live beyond their termination dates. That doesn't sound like too much to ask. What is The Matrix about? It's about Keanu Reeves and reality and red pills and blue pills and black leather and guns, but mostly about Keanu Reeves. What is Alien about? It's the story of a valiant scientific officer named Ash who's searching for the truth, but the people with him won't let him do his job. What is The Terminator about? Oh, just more misunderstood cyborgs getting fried to a crisp. But I heard that the governor of California was in it. What is The Wizard of Oz about? It's about some Dorothy, her intelligent assistants, and her little dog, too. Some are not so intelligent, I guess. What is Star Wars about? It's about a couple of helpful robots and their space adventures. Oh, and there are people trying to save their planet or something. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you'll get a free 10-day trial to their 3,300 plus video tutorials. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show and for this free offer. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, could be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. 
I am always looking for new artwork feature to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, send it in. So I'd really like to get something Star Wars themed. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a big thanks to Casper for their support of TII. And if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you will save $50 off a mattress. And that can be shipped right to your door. Again, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. Finally, there's a TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode comes out. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And did I mention it is free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.